Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Oh, oh, that's not working, is it? Um, hello, everyone. Why is your oh, is that the right mic? No, that's very strange. We're gonna just grab um, that one. Let's give that a shot. I'm gonna go. Oh, that's it. We're back. You know, after it's funny because I was just laughing at you before we turned the mic <laughs> on. Where have you been? And uh, you were just fumbling with the wrong headphones. Yeah, and then we got the wrong mic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey. What an auspicious start to the afternoon. Welcome to the Stab in the Dark Radio, <laughs> uh, brought to you by Cam and Matt yes. here at uh, 3RRFM. Triple R is the station you're listening to, but you uh, you probably know that, don't you? you know who Welcome. You know who wouldn't get the microphones the wrong way around? The scientists, because they're on top Scientific of such method. things. We should thank them for the last hour. I've had quite a few of them in there today. Yeah, they're having a little yeah. bit of a confab afterwards, yeah. um, as you do. And we've got a lot to get through to, and it's going to be a bit of fun. It's the afternoon here on what is an okay day. It's pretty nice, isn't it? I think we're juicing good is. weather. I'm in. looking at it. Well, it's going to be a crappy week, so make the most of it. What, after last week, which was pretty crappy too? And apocalyptic, when was that, Thursday? That was nuts. I was, uh, there's a lot of cars driving around Melbourne, including yours, Cam, that are bearing <laughs> the scars of that storm with some really dirty, splodgy rain. and Dirty car. Well, yeah. I managed to clean the interior and I thought I'd just give it a quick wash before I picked you up because yeah. Matt and I, um, we commute together yes. from the south to the north and we talk of all things. Um, some of them are related to the show. Uh, and I thought, well, oh, I better wash my car. And I went to the uh, the place where you, you know you have the the gurney gun and the yeah. and the what is the and foaming the foaming broom <laughs> the sponge brush the broom of foam <laughs> it's wondrous. Um, but uh, everybody else had the same idea, so it was filthy. And um, if you, your car is the same, hey, no judgment. It's all right. It's a food show. Mm. It's a vibe. We're going to be looking at a few things today. Pretty varied today, isn't it, actually, yeah. now that we think about it? Yes. Um, we're going to start off uh, with, here's something just to wet your whistle, don't ring in. Yeah. Um, but uh, we've got not so much a giveaway from Bray, Australia's greatest regional restaurant and Australia's greatest restaurant? Australia's restaurant of the year. Restaurant of the year this year, yeah. Hurrah! Um, they've got a, a big thing. We'll try to explain it to you a little bit later. It's um, Gelinas, which is uh, where the chefs, the great chefs and the great places from around the world mm. swap manifestos and recipes. For yes. a, a while there, what would happen was there'd be a whole bunch of chefs would go to different restaurants. Yeah. And I think there was a whole bunch of chefs that said, really? In the middle? And, and I think they said, no, we're not going to do that. And plus... They went, uh, global warming, air miles, air miles. Yeah. We're not going to do it because of that. So it's, it's not just they don't want to take a week out of their lives and go to the other end of the world. No. No. But, um, but Bray are involved this time. They're swapping recipes. So they are. It's unknown where the recipes come from, um, but there's a manifesto and it's happening on December 3rd. And I think we're going to be offering uh, a couple. 
couple. Let's see, dinner for mm. it's it's. I'm not sure if it's lunch or a dinner. I'm we'll, going to we'll find that, that out. Yes, we will. Um, but uh, for half price mm-hmm. for Triple R listeners, stay tuned. Dear stay listeners. tuned. Um, Bendigo City has, um, and the region more importantly, has been named as a city of gastronomy by UNESCO. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time that has happened uh, in for an Australian city. Yes. So good news there. And we're going to have a chat to Sonia Anthony, who is the wife of um, Chef uh, Nick Anthony at Mason's in mm-hmm. Bendigo. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Yes. And we might have a little bit of music. We might. Yes. Yeah. So if you like to dance, you can dance. <laughs> Somewhere about right, everybody dance. Somewhere now. around 12.30. Get You'll dance. Of- yes. Dancing, dancing. And then we're back. Uh, with food. So you have dance, then food. And the scientists are going. They're leaving. Mm. And uh, in the green room... Yeah. Um, she's not in the green room, in the kitchen. In the kitchen. Yeah, they so are. In the kitchen, he was... They're hiding the ki- in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, very, very excited to have a bit of a dynamic duo. We're just going to throw them in here together. Yep. Uh, Victor Leong from Li Ho Fook mm-hmm. and Chuka in uh, Sydney. Uh, he's going to be in here, and he is joined by the great, redoubtable mm. Daniel Wilson mm. of um, Huxtable, Huxtaburger fame. Yes. Uh, who is now spending a bit of time chilling out with the fam. And, and uh, he's growing food. Growing to- great tomatillos. And you and I were saying in the car, gee, uh, for someone, so Huxtable was a great restaurant there in um, Collingwood for a good number of years. Indeed. And, uh, you wonder whether you'd just be a little bit happier growing your tomatillos and you would be doing an 18 hour day sh- <laughs> standing shift. on the pass for 18 hours a day yeah. yelling to get the the mains up where is table 17 mm. is the great thing but uh before we get into that uh one of the things we need to do is what's that in your mouth hey nice um yours is better than mine is so oh, yeah. i might just quickly go first and just say um, mine was sort of more of a in-house experience. Yep. Uh, where I went to Baker Blue. Yep. Uh, of uh, great Baker there in uh, Taronga Road in Caulfield. Mm-hmm. Um, very limited supply of bread, so you've got to get up early, and I didn't <laughs> get up early enough. And when I got there, there was a few bagels left. These square loaves, which uh, a name I'd never seen. I think it was a square four fournais. Yeah, right. Anyway, Fousseur. Mm-hmm. It was anyway some French mm-hmm. term that I'd never heard of. But don't worry, I can be fairly ignorant. <laughs> Always willing to learn, shall we say? But I did pick up this little piece of um, orange and chocolate brioche. Orange and chocolate brioche. Yeah. Okay. Chalky yes. pieces, orange yes. bits like a marmalade. Yeah. So you know the taste of Jaffa. Yeah. Add butter. <laughs> and crumb and yeah. that was sort of what you got and I thought this is awesome but then I went that other stage a little bit further yeah. where I turned it into uh, Jaffa French toast or pam perdu you said popping the pop cover there this sounds a lot like a sometimes food this is, <laughs> this is not something that your nutritionist is going to approve of uh, and then I went for a run no I didn't um <laughs> No, I just dipped it in some egg egg wash yep. and fried it in some butter and <laughs> and it had some blueberries and icing sugar over it. It was like, I don't know. Can recommend that. And uh, if you haven't had French toast in a while, gee, it's good. It's so easy. Mm. It's really, really good. Maybe next Mother's Day if you want to surprise mum. French toast it. French toast it. Mm. Yeah. 
just clean up the kitchen afterwards. <laughs> It's always a good thing. But you, my friend, you have been to Spring Street to it, see an Italian. I was saying, uh, if throughout our long uh, friendship, Cam, yes. a good number of times you've you've advised that I should do something. Often it, it's around <laughs> watching a movie or trying a recipe. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, Cam. I, which sometimes you flatly just go, no, I I'm won't be doing I'm not doing that, Cam. <laughs> and then but the, this one, you it was receptive. Well, a week before last, you said, hey, have you guys been to City yet? Which, yeah. of course, is the new, uh, not newish. Uh, Ronnie D'Astasio outlet there in Spring Street. In Spring Street, uh, sort of around near Flinders Lane. Of course, for those who don't know, Ronaldo D'Astasio, mm. uh, one of the great restaurateurs and his place in uh, in Fitzroy Street is quite famed. Yes. and, uh, and Mar- Maybe the only place making money on Fitzroy Street. I was about Street to say, it's, it's, Sorry. A, it's, a bit, it's a bit stark, Fitzroy Street, isn't it? And, uh, and hopefully long live Cafe D'Astasio because it's a great place. And hmm. But yeah, the rest of the neighbourhood is... Not in a good way. They're, they're out to lunch. <laughs> no, <laughs> and there gone. will be no lunch. No, they are gone. Anyway, um, but, um, so, but you went to the, the new place. Yes, back to Spring Street. What's, um, what's it like? Uh, it's, what's uh, it like? If you read the online reviews, and I did, um, yeah. you have to be prepared for it's, a little bit of hip pocket pain. And it's a bit polarising though, isn't it? It is a bit. Yeah. Well, the guy loved it. I think it's, it's, it's um, extraordinarily good Italian food. Um, and a lot of people say describe it, and I remember Miss Pearls, mm. Pearl Scott. Whoop, whoop. I don't know if we should drop her real name, Madame Brussels. Yes, of Madame Brussels, she said, Cammy, it's very grown up, <laughs> it's very grown up place. Would you agree with that? I said to you, I was a bit intimidated because it feels like the only restaurant in Melbourne that I would actually have to dress up to attend. And how did I say you should dress up? <laughs> it's just like someone in a Fellini film. <laughs> That's it. So there's me Googling <laughs> Fellini, Fellini <costume>. look. <laughs> Just don't go as a circus performer because that's a bit Fellini-esque. So um, anyway, you arrived and you were wearing your, your turtleneck sweater. Yes, I was. You I were was smoking a cigarette as you came in. Impressing everyone with the fashion. Yeah. Um, no, what Double am- parked your Ferrari. <laughs> Yeah, what ciao. an amazing place! I mean, the the menu is uh, it's it's large, a lot of items on it, and there was n- probably not a single thing on the menu that I didn't want to try. It's mm. it's just a lot of amazing stuff. So the highlight that I remember was the Vitello Tonato with this big, thick chunk of veal, um, beautifully presented. It well, is. Can we just uh, maybe for those that don't know mm. uh, what a Vitello Tonato is? It's um, it's one of the classic dishes from the Italian cucina, from the Italian kitchens. Mm. Which is strange because on the face of it, it doesn't sound like it should taste very good. So it's 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 veal. <laughs> so, and on top of that, you put yeah. mayonnaise. Can I, can I describe the mayonnaise? Please. It's where you make mayonnaise and then you chuck a tin of tuna in there. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Pretty – well, not really. I mean, obviously, <laughs> if in great restaurants, you would probably cook the tuna, you know, but it's a tuna – Mayonnaise on top of veal, and then usually caper garnish. Yes, and it is one of the, and it's served cold. Yes, and it is one. Of, it's just a great. And how do they do it? It is uh, just deliciously. So very thick. Normally, it's quite thin veal for a vitello mm. tonato. Mm. Uh, it's quite a generous sort of and just hunk. and also a lot of the times also just to let you know so that people aren't freaking out too mm. much. It's not veal. Yes, but, that's true. But like a yearling Aussie uh, veal. Uh, yeah. um, Oh, what was it called? A bowl of roast. Anyway, yeah, mm. anyway, but mm. poached. Mm. Just so you know that. So, yeah, a, a space that um, has had mixed reviews. I loved it, as I say, but uh, it is it's quite a modernist and stark design. And we were there on a beautiful, sunny afternoon. I wonder what it would be like 
on a freezing cold Melbourne winter's night. I'm not quite sure. Rendered concrete walls, mm. red leather chairs. Mm-hmm. So and these are the things that sort of stand out um, to you. And, uh, and, and reckon, art installations being projected on the walls. It's, yes. it's an incredible space, really. And you could, if you just want to try it, your advice to me is just pop into the bar. You can get out of there um, with a full belly uh, for, I wouldn't say cheaply, but you can do it um, with some value if you just you know, stick to a different, few different menu items. I mean, a good strategy actually to go there is just to go and say, I will have a drink. Mm. And maybe a couple of little, um, like those, they do beautiful anchovies in batter. Yes. And you might be able to escape there without without Ronaldo taking your wallet too badly. <laughs> Dostasio Sito is the name of the place on Spring Street. Um, check it out. Look it up online. Yeah, and Baker Bluer in Taronga Road. And um, yeah, where you go. Not everyday food. Pen. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Br- on our brioche pan per two. Twelve fourteen. We probably should. Um, um, I got a email from Julianne Bagnato. Yes. Hide. No, they're not around. They're in going to Geelong to go and um, chill out. Yes. So her and Dan and um, and daughter. But um, Julianne got in touch with me and said, "Listen, Cam, I thought I'd touch base with details from an event that we've got coming up in the next few weeks." Mm. Uh, Bray will be one of eight Australian restaurants participating participating in Gelinas. Sorry, I don't know why I went like that. In Gelinas. <laughs> yes. It's called Gelinas. Okay. A unique global food performance that sees 148 of the world's top chefs swap recipes for a day for a special dinner mm. to be held in 138 locations around the world. Think It's sort of like Night on Earth. Mm. Huh? But mm. with uh, food. Mm. Yeah. Just let that hang. Yes. Uh, and that'll be happening uh, on Tuesday, December 3rd. So we'd love to be able to give the event a mention on Eat It over the coming week or so. Hey, here we are. Yes. We're doing it. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's all happening here. Let me just get this up. So the basis is, let's see if I can work out whether it's Tuesday. Just say it's Tuesday, December the 3rd. Mm. Um uh, so Dan's sort of creating this this menu. There's limited tickets. They're usually two hundred and ninety dollars per person. Beverages, um, oh, beverages charged on consumption. Okay, mm. you might have to do a little bit more. But for Triple R listeners, um, Julian said we'd like to offer one table for two for this event to Triple R subscribers at a discounted rate of one hundred and forty-five. Um, per person. Which is half price. Yeah. For one of Australia's great restaurants. So still not... <laughs> it's not your cheapest night out, but if you are available to head to Bray... And we're assuming on- that it's at night. We've got to actually find out whether it's um, night time or lunch. Mm. So I'm not actually quite sure. But uh, I was going to give out the number, which of course is 5236 Matt said, no, don't, what did you say? Just direct them to the website, Cam. What year is it, he said? Exactly. Yes, so if we're if, nearly in the 20s. If you're free to attend this event at Bray and you'd like to take advantage of that Triple R special offer, you probably have to be the first in, but you've got to ring them after 9am tomorrow. Yeah, so tomorrow, go to the website um, and uh, we'll find out how it all went and who got in. So good luck. It sounds amazing as every night at Bray would be, but this is obviously quite a special menu, so it could be worth experiencing if... Um, 
um, if you have the time and the cash-ish to get on out to Birigara for that day. A unique night in uh, one of Australia's most lauded restaurants. Yeah, I think that sums it up well. Thank you. It's 12.18 here on 3 RFM. Uh, we're going to go to uh, sponsorship announcements and yes. maybe a creative card or two. I'm not sure because Matt's driving the bus. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back with Sonia Anthony to speak about the region of Bendigo, the importance of the Jajawarung and, uh, and the fact that uh, UNESCO has awarded that region the City of Gastronomy. And for an extra bottle of wine, if you can name that tempo. <laughs> you were saying, is it a bossa nova? Is it a samba? I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to consult my 1980s Casio keyboard. Yeah, I was going to say, if they go to the Wurlitzer. We're <laughs> all programmed in. Okay, wow, samba, what's that? Gee, I wish I could play some music to that. That sounds like fun. Uh, it's 12.20 here on 3 RFM. And uh, look, one of the things that I've been able to do is to head up to Bendigo. You guys know this if you mm. listen to the show a lot because in the middle of winter I usually ring up from Bendigo going shivering oh in Bendigo and, and it's very cold uh, <laughs> yeah it can be it, it is can. a beautiful place I Look, love Bendigo the mornings are cold but one of the things I've noticed over the years is how uh, the region itself has uh, grown up matured and there's Awesome things in Pentagon. It yes. really, really is. And uh, with that has become international recognition. And rather than steal the thunder from this beautiful region down under. Mm. Oh, stop it. Sorry. Um, I thought I'd get slapped for a cliche. I have to put my money in the cliche jar. Sonia Anthony from Mason's. A very, very good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. And how are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Cam. Um now, let's just uh, quickly, before we uh, uh, talk about uh, what happened with UNESCO, is maybe just establish who you are and uh, tell us about uh, the family and uh, a rather awesome restaurant that you guys are involved with. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks very much for your support. I really appreciate it. Um, my husband, Nick, and I are both chefs, and um, Nick was born in Bendigo, so we've travelled the world and we've come back to a region that, is just full of amazing um, produce. So, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer for us. How long has Mason's been going for now? It'll be eight years next March. Wow. Yeah. So I think in hospitality years, that that could be 80 or something. It's like like dog years, aren't they? Yes. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And so you, like... Well, like myself, I mean, you're certainly much more on the ground level. I just sort of drive in and drive out every year. But the region has just grown in leaps and bounds, hasn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think this recognition through UNESCO just really puts that feather in the cap and places us on that international stage, which is fantastic. So what happened? What, what What did UNESCO do? So the um, Creative Cities Network um, puts out um, a submission process which is um, led by the the city's mayor. So Margot Rourke led the charge in this case, but it's very much a community collaboration. And the really awesome thing about um, the creativity um, through gastronomy is that it's a regional focus. It's not city-centric. So Marg... Um, got together and, and had a lot of discussions with our regional partners and neighbours and 
they were really, really excited about it as well. So, Who are you know, some of not- these regional partners, just to give an idea of um, who, who these, these people are around the, the metropolis? Yeah, of course. So we, we stretch all the way up to the Murray, so um, all the way up to Echuca, Moama. Bloody Not hell. quite Moama, but on this side of the river. Yep. And all the way down to the Macedon Ranges. So it's it's taking in a wide breadth, um, but really it, it does highlight the diversity that we have within that corridor. Gotcha. Have you got any... Um, oh, okay, well, anyway, so, so, so Marg's filled out the paperwork and said, yep, yep we're going for it, and... Um, yep. This was more than just Mar- uh, Margaret, uh, Margaret O'Rourke, uh, filling in a form. This was, as you say, great consultation with people around the, er- the area. And, um, and one of the most important was uh, the, the collaboration with the original Indigenous people, the Jajawarung, uh, from around the place. Is that correct? That's right, absolutely. Um, it, it's such a unique part of our region and there's a lot that we need to learn from and understand and also share that with other people. And, and you say you quite personally, so far as what um, the way that you've reacted to this landscape and the people and original inhabitants have been inspired and enriched by reading, as a lot of us have in this, uh, in this country now, Dark Emu. Yeah, incredible book. If you, if you haven't read it yet, listeners, please go out there and do it. It should become part of the school curriculum as far as I'm concerned. Well, Pasco is filming at the moment, so it's going to be on TV next year. Fantastic. And the right. other thing that, I, of course, is uh, if you don't read so good, um, there is a kid's version around as well, uh, we could say. And also for the children, there is a kid's yeah. version. But uh, um, how did that inspire you? Um, it really opened my eyes and, you know, you question what you take for granted as being true and you really look at things, or for me personally, look, started looking at things in a very different way and, you know, with our restaurant and our ethos of supporting local, you know, we, we kind of felt that what what is local, well, it really is starting to learn about what our actual local history and landscape look like mm. and connecting with the local Indigenous communities. And and who was the... You said you were talking... Who was the, the auntie that you've been speaking a lot with? So I've been very fortunate to meet an incredible woman. Her name's Auntie Julie, and she's an Indigenous elder based in Harcourt. Mm-hmm. And she was a school teacher for a long, long time. So she has uh, incredible talent of storytelling and sharing and communicating. And she also has this amazing edible and medicinal garden at her house. And she opens her home to people to come and learn and to share her stories and be very open and frank about the history and, you know, how we should listen and, and and what we should do and how we can collaborate. And I've just learnt so much from her. I've visited her, fortunate enough to have gone to her house many times, and my my brain feels like it's, you know, about to explode. I've just filled with so much new information. 
and just thinking about ways of how we can better support each other in that way. So this has been a really, really great thing. So by um, applying for this, uh, uh, the city and region of gastronomy, and it sounds like it's built a lot of bridges and um, it's it's brought a lot of people together. So what does it actually mean for uh, tangibly for the area and the city and how do other people explore what that means? Um, I think bringing together the collaboration and people were already working together for a long, long time as well and that's been a really brilliant thing about this region and what I love about it so much. But mm. um, it kind of cements it in more of a formal way. Yes. And so in that sense, then, we're looking at all of that future further economic development and how we can grow in our tourism offerings and, you know, all of those really exciting things that kind of come off the bat of this recognition. Yeah, that's, that's good. So, um, and... What is okay? Let, let's just look at. We're going to zero in. So we sort of we had the the sort of thirty thousand foot sort of perspective of it, but let's zero it into uh, the restaurant in the middle of town. How, yeah. how, what, what sort of how will that sort of drive you guys forward in there in that space? Um, I think it's. I think not just as a singular and. You know, I think what's really, really important with Bendigo and what we do is there is that diversity and it's not just in produce, but also mm. the food offerings that are in, in town and how everybody really focuses on something and does it really, really well. So for our instance at Mason's, it's about supporting local, keeping it very seasonal, um, connecting people with the farmers who grow their food and the importance around that. So it's just really... Um, just continuing that messaging and opening that, opening that up, not just to locals and that conversation, but in general. Well, the great news is that uh, Bendigo ain't far away. And uh, as Matt has actually said to me on more than one occasion, uh, if you're going to go to Bendigo, take the train. It's one, yeah. of, my, one of my favourite things to do. If you, if you have a full day off Absolutely. and you, you, you've got nothing to do, Jump yeah. on the train. You can. It drops you off, obviously, on one edge of the city. You can walk to Masons yeah. or many other places. It's um, yeah, a really good yeah. way to get up there and see it. Yeah, you yeah, get, it's very, you, very commuter friendly in that way. It is. Well, look, congratulations on that. If um, people want to find out more about it, uh, what do we got? What should they look up? Um, if they just type in City of Gastronomy Bendigo, uh, there will be a whole lot of information that comes up on that. And just to reiterate the fact that, you know, now you are in uh, in great company of places like Barcelona and Phuket. I and know. dare we say it, that this is the one and only city of gastronomy yeah. within the country. So congratulations yeah. on all you're Thank doing you. and to, as a collective, big hug to all the industry around the place and the producers and the original inhabitants that that are inspiring us that we are we are finally taking a note of. Like I was saying to you in yeah. a conversation we had yesterday, there was a prime minister who said, mm, "No, we shouldn't look back because that's a black armband view of history." But in the last few years, we've confronted things, so we're starting to confront yeah. things a lot better, and we are starting to move forward. And um, I think that's a very very good thing. 
Yeah, I agree. All positive, which yeah. is fabulous. Give yeah. Nick, Nick a big hug and uh, good day from both of I us. Will. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Pleasure, Sonia. See you. Thanks, Cam. Cheers. 12.31 here on 3 FM. I was talking about dancing before. <laughs> This is now when we dance. I'm not sure it qualifies as dance music. Uh, no, well. I was thinking it's sort of like a, a German techno. Yeah, we do this now. <laughs> no, you haven't, <laughs> you haven't done it. Okay, no, sorry. no. This okay. is from a, few, a couple of years ago now, 2015. This is Day Ravies with uh, Fake what, Beach Cameron. Did you say Day Ravies? Day Ravies. We'll pon- See what they did there? Ponderous. Yeah! <laughs> All right! That's better than just the cold voice I gave you, isn't it? <laughs> you really rocked that e- out. Everything sounds better yeah! with, a, with a horn band underneath. Ooh, it. yeah. Oopa. <laughs> we'll just bring it down a little bit. We're um, just come out of church. It's twelve thirty-six uh, here at Three Triple R FM in downtown, beautiful East Brunswick, and we now will be leading a meditation with my two guests. No, I'm only kidding. Um, Victor Leon from Leo Fook, a very, very good afternoon to you. How are you? Bloody marvellous. It's great to see you. And I, it's great that I've been able to reunite you with uh, with the very, very lovely, redoubtable Daniel Wilson. Thank you. Thank you. You guys haven't uh, caught up for a little while? Yeah, we used to be neighbours. Yeah. Really? Ago. Whereabouts? Yeah, on Smith Street. Really? Yes, yes, of course. Neighbours. Yeah. Yeah, not not, not like, you know, can I borrow a cup of... Sh- well, you could have. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, can I have a cup of master stock, please? <laughs> Show us your Szechuan pepper. Show us your Szechuan. I need a little bit of that um, uh, tangerine peel. Baby. Uh, and um, who are you talking about, Sonia Anthony, about how they did their apprenticeship with Emma uh, Mackay? Yeah, Emma Mackay, the, the Cakes of Our Lives Queen. <laughs> cakes of Our Lives Queen. Down there at uh, Rockman's Regency. Yes. That's uh, a long time ago. But um, here we are. You, Daniel, you have brought in something for us to eat. Yes, I was uh, at the Queen Victoria Market this morning and I picked up some beautiful R2E2 mango and some lovely local cherries from Cobram. And you're an ambassador. I am. And you, do you normally wear a sash for that or, or no. do you get a sword or something like that? No, I, I've, I've got a nice cotton bag that I put produce in. That <laughs> hey, says, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, and Victor, we were saying you haven't had a cherry yet. Did you get to try a cherry? Yeah, I did. They're really good. They are really nice, aren't Fantastic. they? Really? Yeah, first of the season for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're very, in very plentiful supply at the moment. Do you buy them? Do you ever get Washington cherries? No. What's a Washington cherry? Oh, this is beautiful. See, there's, there's, <laughs> there's two types of chefs. Bourdain said this a long, long time ago. You sort of like the cribs and the bloods. You know, there's sort of think of the German executive chef in up there in a tower in a in a five star hotel who demands that you get caviar all the year round, yep. that you will get um, f- mangoes flown in from the Indus Valley. You know, yep. da, 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 yep. da 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 And then there's the bloods on the other side of saying you eat to the seasons. You know, it's so like true. when when do you eat mangoes? Well, you only eat mangoes in December, dude. Yeah, yeah, you're one of yeah, those. No, I'm definitely one of those. Yeah. yeah, but then it's you know on on that point, um, I've always said that there's two types of chefs that are like technique driven. Yes, and produce produce driven. driven. So you know, it's you can manipulate something to make it 
you know, taste and look a certain way or mm. the way you want to creatively. And then, or there's the guys that just look at, you know, the perfect um, cosletters and go, okay, this is what I'm going to work with, you know. But conversely, the other side of that, Victor, is that for a lot of chefs, maybe some start as technique driven and then evolve to produce driven. There's yeah, sort absolutely. of that too. Yeah, I think that's true. It depends on where you are. I feel that, you know, a lot of. Um, where you're cooking dictates that. Yeah. You know, I think Once it's, you find your voice. Yeah, correct. It's a, yeah. Little, a little bit of that. You know, it's your creative voice. It's, you know, how seasonal is your the country you're cooking in. I feel mm-hmm. that um, a lot of Australian chefs that go to Europe do that transition because, you know, places like, you know, Paris, they, they only get, you know, certain things for a very small windows. So you're forced to cook, yeah. you know, yeah. with the same color palette, you know, but then say somewhere like Australia where you can get the, the seasons are stretched out a little bit, you know, there's... And are geographic locations yeah, involved. Absolutely. Yeah, correct. Yeah. You know, there's always a, mm. a warm spot, you know, somewhere in Australia that can grow something or has got something in abundance that, you know, kind of almost makes your creative lens um, more technique driven than produce driven. Yeah, yeah. Agree. Absolutely. Um Tell us a bit about your place. Well, I've got a Chinese restaurant down the laneway. Oh, your place in Melbourne, we should say. Yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. yeah. So, um, Lee Ho Fook, uh, mm. down Duckboard Place, which is a really kind of quaint little laneway that loops around to ACDC Lane. Possibly has the best street art in Melbourne. Oh, Some it's of. debatable. Oh. I don't know, yeah. Well, okay, um, possibly has a less amount of tagging that seems to take place rather than Hosey Lane. Hmm. Oh, we could yeah, say small that. pieces. Yeah, like yeah. larger pieces. Um, mm. It's it's actually really nice because it's, you know, um, I didn't really get the appeal until I moved into that location to understand that the the art moves and it changes. It's kind of like being part of the city's gallery, you know. And then you speak to the guys that are putting pieces up. Some of these guys travel, you know. They've got a bit of a following. It's really cool. Yeah, there's some. There are some great places, and but also sort of. A place where we almost see the uh, the corporatization of, <laughs> of a bit of that too. Um, wasn't there sort of like a big piece that was uh, in front of Pastuso there for a while that just then suddenly just got painted over? Yeah, it's you know I think it's uh, annoyingly it's it's like any any kind of creative expression if you know it's it's ephemeral. Yeah, it is ephemeral. You know the the space is finite. You know mm. it's not like there's a never ending wall and everyone can keep putting it up. You know mm. I guess it's then it. It also allows the people that live and work and visit the city to be part of it, you know, to kind of force themselves to have a look at what's going on. And, and the, I think and the tra- almost like the transitory nature of our existences in a way. See, this meditation is getting pretty deep. <laughs> I know, I know. I'll t- tell you what. Um, but one, one thing that I love about this little space that you occupy is this little weird U-shaped alley that goes around and goes duckboard place around and then Akadaka Lane, ACDC yeah. Lane. Um, but you're in this most amazing brick building that has an interesting history. Yeah, it's um, – well, the whole area's got an interesting history. Like, you know, I'm not sure if everyone's across the idea of Melbourne Laneways. You know, Melbourne was one of the wealthiest cities in the world in the late 80, 1800s. Um, so they built – they planned the city to have grand, grand boulevards like Burke Street, Collins Street, and then they have these service lanes like Little Collins and Burke. Mm. So that way all the services used to come in, service the front buildings and the high streets, so they wouldn't you wouldn't see, you know, the garbage guy, you wouldn't see... All the animals. It was yeah. a good place or to any, put the yeah, animals correct. as well. So, yeah. um, and then, you know, that's kind of integral to that little pocket. And it was really cool because that whole area was... Um, 
fabric manufacturing. It was the Schmatterland. Yes, correct. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Lehofuck is used to be a wool store. So where the, the neon light hangs is used to be the crane that used to crane the bales of, of wool up, turn it into yarn, and then sell it back out to all the factories around there. Gotcha, yes. Yeah, so... And and you had a uh, and we'll move on to the food and all that because this is a food show. You are listening to Eat It on Three Triple RFM. But uh, one of Australia's most notorious gangsters um, used it as a, an illegal storehouse. Yeah, he had um, Squizzy so, Taylor. Yeah, Squizzy Taylor um, was a bootlegger as one of his kind of you know portfolio um, <laughs> activities. <laughs> And so he used to stash his um, his his bootleg, you know, um, yeah. booze and and because st- it, it was a storage. Even when we took it over um, in 2015, it was a storage shed, you know. Um, and it's down in inconspicuous lane. It had access from both ends. So yeah, yeah, you know, if hey, I was a gangster, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, "Hey, this is gangster. Yeah, check this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so part of the portfolio of prostitution, <laughs> drugs, and uh, the big one, extortion. Of course, he was he was big on that one too. But glorious, glorious food there. We're going to get back with uh, our wonderful guests. You are listening to Eat It on 3 Triple RFM. Matt wants to take this to do a break. It's all happening here, isn't it? <laughs> We're munching on mango too. We are munching on it's mangoes. Good. We're munching on cherries. If you've just joined us... We've got delightful guests. We've got Victor Leong from Leho Fook and Chooker in uh, Piermont in Sydney. Daniel Wilson, who uh, is going to be talking about uh, uh, Huxterburger coming to you. That is if you're in Perth. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's very exciting. We've got our second store opening in huh? Western Australia. On in Rottnest Island. No. <laughs> Drive through. And actually in Highgate near Mount, oh, okay, that's n- near Mount Lawley. So that's yes. opening on um, Mount what? Thursday. Mount Lawley. Lawley. Yep. Okay. So that's that's very exciting. Um, and kind of the one of the franchisees is a guy called Dom Sheed, who uh, apparently kicked the goal against Collingwood. Um, to win the grand final a couple of years ago. So it's nice that he's supporting Collingwood in a roundabout way this time. <laughs> oh, kicking him when they're down. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Um, but how many years now has it been since you sort of stepped away from oh, what well, the years. apron, shall we say, is sort of Matt was alluding to? Yeah. When did yeah. you take off the apron? Oh, a couple of years ago, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say. Put down the knives. Yeah, look, I still I still pull them out on select occasions. Ooh. Um, I do love cooking. I've still got a lot of food Home left intrusions. in me. Yes. But I, I, I guess, you know, after so many years of working a million hours a week and missing out on a lot of time with my children and the work-life balance thing is has become a, a bit more important to me. And Must be kind of nice when they recognise you. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, they're getting to the age now where they don't really want to know me. So, oh, perfect. You know. Oh, well, then you can let them go and then... How old are they? Uh, 13 and 12, so... So they still dig you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes. Pretend not time. to. They pretend not oh, to. Oh, that's good. Yeah, but no, they're all right. So there's sort of this feigned indifference, but they actually care heaps about their wonderful dad. Yeah, I think something like that. Something and like that and you feed them and keep them, uh, keep them alive okay? Yes, although they are taking a bit more of an interest in cooking themselves now, which is good. Yeah. Um, not that I want to necessarily want them to go down the path that I that I've tread, but um, what do they want to do? Any idea? Oh, no, not just yet. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. But we did make some delicious roast duck rice paper rolls last night. 
Um, and and I did see Grace knocking up some pasta and tomato sauce when I was leaving this morning. So, yeah. Did, yeah. did you roast your own ducks or get the ducks in? No, I got the duck. I, yeah, I, that makes sense. Yeah. I Don't mean, you reckon? That makes sense, doesn't it, Victor? Course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I had have known Victor was coming today, I would have asked him to bring one for me because his is, his is pretty snazzy. But um, mm. no, I just went to Rose Garden Barbecue on um, Elizabeth Street, which... Um, wasn't Bang. bad. It's been years since I've got one from there. Actually, I've lately city city barbecues closed in yeah, Little Bourke I used Street. To go That's there. pretty amazing. Outrageous, outrageous. And but there's sort of this uptown sort of Vietnamese place in there now. Yeah, it's not it's right. It's like not right. No, yeah. is it not right? <laughs> um, tell you what, Daniel, how would you describe Victor's restaurant and his cooking? Um, very delicious. Um, so I love Victor's food. I have ever since um, we were neighbours. In fact, I think the first time I ate, well, it was was it your food? At Mr. Wong, when you were working there, was when I first met you, I think. And then when you opened up across the road, I did eat quite a few times at Lee Ho Fook on Smith Street. Mm. And subsequently, I've eaten a few times in the city too. And Unbelievable um, when we talk about balance and harmony. Yeah, um, You're time. one of the people who come to mind Um I've had the the fortune of uh, eating mm, just a, just a couple times, but I remember one of the first things I ever put in my mouth. I just thought, "Oh God, this just is just nailed it." And you talk about food that sings. Um, I think Victor does food that sings in the mouth. And Big time. Yeah. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. It's a generous phrase. Yeah. No. Yeah. All killer, no filler. Yeah. Thank ah. you. yeah. <laughs> and. And and dare I say it, that that upstairs at the restaurant is just a beautiful place to inhabit. Would yeah, you agree with that, I would, Daniel? I would. And describe and, it. Can you describe it for me? Well, uh, just a, a word on the food as well. Like, um, I'm a big believer that every mouthful should be, you know, bloody delicious. Mm. And yep. and that's what Victor's food is. Yes, um, it's agreed. just you know, it's um, yeah, plays place to the to the edges i think that you know it is very um flavorsome and edgy but so delicious so that you won't have a boring mouthful there no you won't and um, if you and if you order a decent bottle of wine you'll get some of the most finest glasses with this what are, what are they german <laughs> yeah they are yeah, it's, yeah of course they are of course, <laughs> yeah of course they are but yeah the most beautiful stemware matt your homework um you need to go to lee ho fook and, and turn on your nice microphone. And turn on microphone with a nice bottle of wine. And nice too. bottle of wine, and you'll get, <laughs> and you'll get the good glasses. And yeah. and dare I say it, you're still doing the eggplant. Are you? Of course, absolutely. I've, I've yes. seen it. I've seen it absolutely. outside because I every time I, I go by, because sometimes I take visitors to Melbourne around the place, and I always look and go, "Is the eggplant still on?" Can you describe the eggplant dish to people? So the eggplant that um, that we've we've. And um, is it a hassle to talk about? It? Is it no, sort of like, no, 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 no. Oh God, it's like yeah, sing this to Bojangles again. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. This is yeah, sweet child of mine. Yeah. That's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, just sing it. Yeah. <laughs> so the eggplant dish, though, toffee crisp batter. Yeah. So what is so ideally 
It was a the, the reference of the dish is a Szechuanese classic called uh, fish fragrant eggplant. So it mm. doesn't actually have fish in it. It's um, a seasoned kind of spicy black vinegar yeah. um, sauce. So and there's sweetness just, there too. There is. So it's it's a play on sweet, sour, salty, hot, <sighs> numbing. It's kind of got it all. It's so, a balance. See, this is what it, we're getting correct. at. Yeah, yeah. But so the traditional dish is um, it's like a braised kind of like a caponata esque, you know, agrodolce. Agrodolce, kind of sweet dish. and sour. Yeah, correct. Like life. But yeah. Sorry, you know. we're back to meditation. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. I can't hold the lotus position much longer. No. <laughs> All right. You can go into the chair. That's okay. Sit in the chair that we provided. Um, and so I thought, you know, I wanted to make it so it was exciting, have um, a crunch factor. Yeah. And so we worked on a batter for a while. So tapioca flour you put yeah, in Yeah, tapioca and rice and, and rice. rice flour. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, we've developed it so it was super crunchy. And then the sauce coats, but the X factor about the sauce is it, um, it's got like a nice balance of cooked sugar in it. It doesn't make the batter soggy. So, mm. um, so it's a little bit of science, a little bit of thought. But the idea is you just eat it and go, gee, this is good. Yeah, yeah, wow, that's and good. Yeah. Yeah, this good, is good. How good is life? Yeah, how good is life? Yeah. <laughs> Become like our Prime Minister. <laughs> how good is eggplant? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone needs to eat more eggplant. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, it, it's, a be- it's a thing. Now, you're involved uh, in a restaurant in Sydney. Yes, I've opened a restaurant in Sydney um, mid this year. Um, it's so is that to keep up with Alejandro, who's opened up a place no, in Perth? You know, the opportunity came, um, and it was it was more of a kind of creative expression. And you know, I've got great partners over there. Who are you collaborating? You're so collaborating I'm collaborating with, I'm partnered with Japanese. Chef. Yeah, with Chase Kojima from Sokyo, um, yeah. and the Star. And it's there, you know, and the, the site is where Flying Fish used to be on the wharf, on Jones Bay Wharf, and the kind of... Is, that's a pretty big space, yeah. Yeah, it's huge, but it's just awesome. It's, you know... It's How many a, covers does the place do? 180, 190? Yeah. And turnover. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, big. It so, um, okay. But, it, you know, it's it's an iconic spot, you know. Um, it's heritage-listed building. You know, there's I, there's no better space to have lunch, you know. It's... You're sitting there, and you can you look at the Harbour Bridge. You know, it's awesome. Yeah, pretty cool. So it's nice. It's you know, that's one thing Sydney has over Melbourne, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's that's the other. That's a beautiful city. Shame Harbour. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But it's it's shame about the vibe. (laughs) Shame about the vibe. Well, it's like I I, I sort of you know I describe Melbourne as being. And actually, I've got to thank John Sussman. Um, he said he always he laughs and goes, the glorious Prague of the South. And I've gone, yeah, that's right, we are. And you are like narcissists just obsessed with your own reflection. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm then, talking you about know, Sydney people. But that's, that was the appeal, you know, like I've got, mm. I've got a restaurant, you know, um, in a late iconic laneway of Melbourne. Yeah. And then so for me to, to have the kind of motivation to do another restaurant, in Sydney, you wanted I, you I, wanted a view. Well, I had to do something because is why would you do a city restaurant? Because they'll be like, "Hey, Victor, you could do that in Melbourne." You, you know, do. like yeah, it's do? on the water. It's in a heritage spot. You know, I, I couldn't replicate that concept. You know, creatively or you know, kind of emotionally here. So mm. that was one of the biggest appeals. So yeah. And, and what about working with um, a Japanese chef? That would have been interesting. Yeah, look, you know, we've always kind of studied the idea of Chinese cuisine inside and outside of China through history around the world. Um, so when Chase approached me and said, look, he really wants to kind of open a restaurant that is focusing on chukariori, which is um, Chinese food with like a Japanese influence. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's, and then I went, yeah, cool. You know, with 
That sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of things are you know considered um, under that kind of chukka cuisine, which is you know ramen, for example. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's really? yeah, okay. so ramen, you know, like mapa tofu in Japan is different to you know, and it's kind of stems from this one guy. So Iron Chef, I don't know if anyone's followed Iron Chef, so they always have Iron Chef Chinese, and he's super famous in Japan, Chen Kenichi, as yeah, the guy Chen. who's like the godfather of um, Szechuan cuisine in Japan, M- and he was yeah, he was the guy that kind of. Um, was the the name and face of like a cultural movement over there, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was really cool to kind of see that and, you know, see how they, because, you know, the Japanese, you know, kind of replication of culture and, and you know, anything like Japanese whiskey, they take, you know, whiskey from the Scots and then they kind of make it and then they go, And hey, relentlessly yeah, perfect it. Correct. Which so is the, their ethos. Correct. So yeah. it's it's a little bit of like that, but then it's interesting to see it, from like Chinese cuisine because it's quite complex and they're, they're right next door and there's comes with um, you know a lot of kind of cu- cultural differences and it's different and ethos it's it, correct it? yes. so it's nice to kind of explore it from my creative creative angle and you know I, I cooked some Japanese food early in my um, apprenticeship and I've always liked the kind of uh, process and work ethic and and you know what I mean like the whole once again the ethos of you know approach to food so Mm. it was nice to kind of go back and reverse engineer you know some creativity in that sense and also have um the support of chase and you know the guys from sokio and Mm. you know the team at chuka it's it's been great daniel you want to put on the apron and get back behind the pass again um eventually i i i'm in two minds i've still got a lot of food in me to, to share with people. You've um, said that three times I know, today. Yeah, <laughs> I know. No, but I'm, I'm saying that not as, yeah. not, not to put it, but it, it is, this is strong within you. But but what is the format of which I can share it? Do I want to be standing behind a stove for hours upon end, um, having people gaze lovingly over the over the, the bench top, waiting for the food? <laughs> um, at, at the food, I mean. Um, no, I don't I'm, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> Yes. In the short term, perhaps I'm 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 thinking about maybe starting to create some content and sharing it online, so people can you know take my ideas and do it at home themselves, and then you know every now and then do a some sort of pop up type situation. But that that's what hmm. I do miss is is sharing my food with the masses. So um, if you keep your eyes peeled around the YouTube. You might see um, some stuff popping up from me soon. Dare I say, sometimes when I see the chefs that they're very, very happiest is when they're collaborating on events with, yeah, with charities. For like, we've seen each other for yeah. Dine with Heart, yeah, for sure. uh, back of and everybody, all the chefs are together hanging out. Yeah, and but, it's great to see that. Yeah, it's a mix of you know, like creativity, energy, personalities. It's kind of why we all kind of started cooking. And know, let's face it, a touch of gangster. Oh yeah. Uh, but it's hospitality. That's know, the name of the that's, game. Yeah. Looking that, after people in whichever way we can. Yeah, it's it's the the great thing about what we as in and I talked about myself as being you know an old old chef that we were able to provide. It's a good thing. It's been wonderful having you guys on the show. Thank you very very much. Um, 
You got what are you guys doing after this? I got to work. In <laughs> <laughs> I'm cooking dinner service at Liquor Folk, so hit me up. <laughs> yeah, hit me up. Uh, and don't forget, there's downstairs and upstairs. Go and check it out, Liho Folk Duckboard Place. Um, uh, if you go and see John, you're going to drop off some tom- tomatillos to John or some produce. I will wait, once they start growing. Yeah, I okay. will be flogging <laughs> yeah, off some produce from the hectic broccoli. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. The hectic broccoli. Um, thank you very, very much for joining us, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. I was just going to say before we go, uh, before our next show on the weekend, our good friend and colleague here at Triple R, Tim Thorpe, is celebrating. 30 years of doing Vital Bits on the weekends um, and you can help them celebrate on Saturday morning at Noisy Where's Ritual. That at? Noisy, Noisy Ritual. Ritual Urban Winery. Um, yeah. If you can prize yourself out of bed at 5am on Saturday, go and party with Tim. It's uh, 30 years is not to be sneezed at. Certainly not. No. And uh, just to let you know that your neighbour Alejandro Sarieva will be on the show uh, next week. I'm, of course, pointing to Victor. Still here. <laughs> Is uh, is on, is ready to go. Neil's ready. Neil's ready. We should let him go. All right, let's go. See One, two, time. three. Bye. <laughs> Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 